As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Defining Audacity Radio Show, where we inspire people to live a bold, adventurous, and intentional life. Here is your host, Drew Myers. Happy Hump Day, Miss Shauna. Hello, happy Let, Hump Day. Let's ride. Okay. This is Defining Audacity with Drew and Shauna. You good? Yeah, I'm mm. good. All right. <laughs> I just uh, I just come in like a tornado. A couple things I need to discuss this morning. I've got a top 10 for you. Okay. I want to talk about this book you let me borrow, Loving What Is. Mm-hmm. Have you read it? Yes. From cover to cover? Yes, many, I mean, years ago. Okay, we'll talk about it. Okay. Later on in the show, I'm going to run a segment from my sit-down interview with Courtney Patton on the stage at the New Granberry Live, part of my Road Less Traveled. Which you said was awesome. Was awesome. You know, we put a heavy emphasis on story, past, present, future, mm -hmm. good, bad, ugly. We're going to focus on Courtney's past. Okay. There's a series of questions that I ask. It's actually from my storyboard, mm -hmm. my eight-week challenge journal, just yeah. things. But then we also talk about her sister that was killed 16 years ago. Oh, gosh. And she wrote a song about it. So we're going to play that excerpt from the conversation, and then we're going to play that song. It's very powerful. Before we get into the show, though, something happened at my house this morning. Okay. What was that? We talk on this show quite a bit about... When are we going to stop doing whatever it is for our kids? Okay. I, I Please, I need lessons on this. <laughs> you know, making their lunch, mm -hmm. brushing their hair. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you tell me this, that it's just going to happen. Yes. When do I have to stop picking out the clothes for my daughter? Oh, it'll just happen. It will. She'll just stop you. Mm -hmm. Well, something happened this morning with my wife along these lines. So I'm getting ready. I had gotten out of the shower and I'm getting dressed make my way up here to Fort Worth. And again, we're broadcasting from Blue Haven Pool, Sean and Glenn Design. And I hear my wife talking to my kids while they're in the shower. Okay. And she goes, okay, guys, come on, let's hurry up. Have you cleaned your hiney holes? <laughs> she said that. She said that. And I guess they said, I didn't hear what they said. I guess they said no. And then she said, do you want me to clean them for you? <laughs> I'm being serious. This is not made up. This is the truth. Is this, I mean, please tell me there's, she has like a, wash rag yeah she has like a washcloth okay or a loofah not with her bare hand so she cleans their hiney holes and again for those that are just tuning in for the first why time why don't y'all just say bottom why do you have to get so specific i don't know okay they're uh, that's, call that's, it their under that's germane to the story call it <laughs> call it un their undercarriage i've never said that before okay. you've inspired me to say that's germane to the story at least you're saying it correctly so she does her thing she goes on the kids are getting out of the shower And I asked my nine-year-old son, hey, can you not clean your own butt? <laughs> and he was like, she offered. <laughs> That's the truth. And I said, when does that stop? When you're 18? And he goes, 
whenever she stops offering. <laughs> oh my God. I know, right? How weird is that? Yeah. Let's yeah, yeah let's you, call her out. You got some No, I'm talking about Crash. What? <laughs> crash? When she stops offering. Well, he didn't say it like he didn't have a deal. No. <laughs> when is my wife going to stop cleaning my kids' buttholes? Um, oh, God. This is... I wasn't expecting this right from the start. Neither was I. I had no idea what we were going to talk about out of the gate today. I was like, oh, gosh, I need something. I need something. And then I hear my wife from the bathroom. Do you guys need me to clean your hiney holes? She said it like a radio DJ? Yeah, she did. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. So please tell me that this is going to stop sooner than later. Okay. I'm going to have an intervention with her. Tanya, listen to me. Don't offer. If they get itchy butt during the day because they forgot to clean their own undercarriage, they will think the next time they're in the shower, I need to wash myself down there so I don't get itchy butt. I don't clean their butts for them. And Tanya's gone three days a week. What happens on those days? Itchy butt. They do have skid marks in their undies a lot. Ew. They do. God. Maybe I do need to clean their hiney holes. Stop. Okay. You know what? It's both really of gross. you guys, I want to sit both of you down and I want to do that whole Three Stooges thing where I smack both of you across the face at the same what time. What did I do? I don't, because this whole bottom talk and hiney hole and enough. Is it because we say hiney hole? Just crash an eyelid. You get a rag, you put some soap on it, you start from the top and you work your way down because you don't, you don't want to wash your face after you've washed your bottom. So wash from the top going down get behind your ears the back of your neck yes uh, your underarms and just kind of move down because the you know the farther you go down the the more fecal matter there is the the dirtier it can be so after you clean your butt do you go like down to your knees and your feet well maybe just do your bottom last and then rinse out the wash rag really really well and don't forget to clean between your toes and the bottom of your feet too standing in it doesn't clean them I can't believe y'all need lessons on how to shower. How to bathe. I do a really good job. I don't care. I use like a body wash and then I also use a bar soap for those extra dirty areas, which you call the undercarriage. Anyway, Tanya, I hope you're listening to this particular episode. I know you don't listen all the time. Intervention is coming. Stop (laughs) cleaning our kids' hiney holes for them. And please don't say, stop saying that. Bottom. Those are her words. I'm just quoting her. Okay. All right. Well, I hope this show gets better from here because so far. I don't think it can. Radio Gold on this Wednesday. (laughs) Good Lord. One thing I want to do out of the gate today, I normally save it for later in the show, is I want to thank some of our sponsors. All righty. Actually, I want to give a shout out real quick. Shout out. This is for Courtney in Colorado. Courtney just recently moved to Colorado, but she is an avid listener of the Defining Audacity radio show and podcast. She was turned on to the show by her sister, Brittany, who listens regularly. So, Courtney, hope everything's going well up in Colorado. Thank you so much for listening. Some of our sponsors, shout out to Mike Brown Ford, Whiskey Morning Coffee, Zach Irwin from Texas Farm Bureau, Bob's Off the Square in Granbury, and Local Goat Distillery also in Granbury, Texas. Thanks to all of our sponsors for believing in the Defining Audacity brand and the Live on Purpose initiative. It's Wednesday. We're at Blue Heaven Pool, Shauna Glenn Design. Say it, Miss Shauna. Um, Wade, did you get my message about the pie? That's not what I wanted to say. I didn't hear from him. I don't know if he did. Okay. You let me know. Anyway, let's ride. 
Every man dies. Not every man really lives. We couldn't have said it better ourselves. It's time to stop saying, I'll do it tomorrow, and start living on purpose. This is the Defining Audacity Radio Show. Welcome back to Defining Audacity with Drew and Shauna. Do you like Drew and Shauna or Shauna and Drew? Do you care? I don't think it matters. It doesn't? No. No. I mean, it's your show. It's our show. Well, you know what I mean. I just noticed every time you do it, you say Shauna and Drew. And every time I do it, I say Drew and Shauna. (laughs) Okay. So maybe it is a thing. Yeah. Appreciate you tuning in on this hump day. (laughs) Top 10 for you, Shauna. Okay. This is brought to you by Bob's Off the Square in Granbury, Texas. Thanks to Bob's Off the Square for sponsoring The Road Less Traveled, giving emerging artists on the Texas music scene a place to play after The Road Less Traveled. Really appreciate Bucky and the guys over at Bob's Off the Square. All right, here's your top 10. Okay. Top 10 rudest things people can do. Okay. Number 10. I don't like when people say, yeah. I agree with that. That is rude. Say yes or uh-huh. That's even better than yeah. I don't like that. Um, I'm going to put those in the same category. I think they're both rude. I think uh-huh. yes is acceptable. Yeah. Right. So I don't like yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you just said it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it bothered you so much. It is rude, though. It's almost dismissive. Kids say it a lot. Crash's little friends come over to the house. And, you know, we put a heavy emphasis on yes, sir, yes, ma'am. And his little friends come over and they bust out with a yeah mm-hmm. in a second. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of let it go. I'm like, whatever. But when an adult says it to me. I'd, I'd like, rather an adult say it to me than a kid. Really? If a kid, yeah. If the kid's, you know, talking to me, they're at the house or whatever. Would you like milk? Yeah. I just want to go, ugh. See, I can, I can just dismiss that. But if an adult says, yeah. I'm going to be paying attention to that all day today. I know. Yeah. I mean, I've said, you know, like, yeah, right? Kind of, you know. sure. Anyway. Yeah. It's not. not, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number nine. Number nine. Smoking around a lot of people. Like if you are in a, say, arts fest and you're walking down and it's crowded and the person in front of you is token on a cigar or a cigarette or something. I think that's rude because it. You get the blowback. You walk through it. Right. It's like if you need to get your fix, maybe walk away a block or two, get away from the... Or go to your house. Just go home and, and smoke there. Mm-hmm. Smokers are rude. <laughs> just in general. Do you not agree? Did we just lose listeners? Do you, do you know a lot of smokers? Because I don't. I'm always surprised. How about that? Yeah, me too. I just said, yeah. How dare you? I think it's, it offends me more when kids say yeah to me. I'm, I'm surprised. Yes, I'm surprised when I see smoke. It seems like people don't smoke. There aren't as many smokers as there used to be. Do you think those people don't know how to read? Oh, that is dangerous? Yes, the Surgeon General just, warning on the side of I think those. it's just an addiction. They're addicted to the nicotine. They need it. I don't know. I think they're rude because they'll light up anywhere if they can. Mm-hmm. If it's not against the rules or against policy or against the law, whatever. And they also discard their cigarettes wherever they damn well please. Like the world is their ashtray. Isn't it unbelievable? I still, I guffaw when I see someone take their last drag, throw it on the sidewalk and then stamp and it out with their- mush it. Yes. Why isn't there a bigger penalty? Is that not littering? It is littering. Just think if everybody in the world did that. 
Think about how offended people get if they see you walking your dog and the dog squats and, you know, does their business on the sidewalk and you don't pick it up or wherever in a yard or whatever. People get so dog poop shaming on you. Put a cigarette out in their front yard. It's no big deal. Yeah, I'm baffled by that. So anyway, yes. Well, I think that law enforcement needs to put an emphasis on this. Mm -hmm. Stop focusing on murders and robberies (laughs) and things like that. Follow smokers around. Follow smokers around. Watch their habits. And when that cigarette butt comes flying out the window, let's pull them over and let's take them to jail. (laughs) No, I think if there were, not take them to jail, obviously, but I think if there were serious consequences... Like if they there was a fine associated with that, they would stop doing it. Use the damn ashtray. Do cars still have ashtrays? I don't know. But I wonder if you went to those people and say, excuse me, um, if you're driving down the road and you've just enjoyed your Taco Bell lunch and you put your trash in the bag, do you roll down your window and just chunk the bag out the window? Oh, God, I would never do that. That's littering. Okay, well, I just saw you put out a cigarette on the sidewalk. So what's that? Is that not littering? See, you can't do that. Shauna. Why? Because what if you asked them that and they said, oh yeah, I'd throw my Taco Bell right out the window. Then I'd be like, well, there goes my theory (laughs) that you don't litter. (laughs) Exactly. The funny thing is nobody says S to them. We don't, you don't say anything to them. I know. Smokers look tough though. It's like, you know, the fawns. Is that what it is? Smoking. Like, yeah. We don't don't want to mess with them. Right. They're, I don't know, this is going to be terrible, but it's like the same person I imagine has like a gun in their car underneath the, the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Those smokers. <laughs> I'm just... Locked and loaded. I just think about my Mimi. She smoked till the day she died. She had a 94. gun under her seat? <laughs> no, but she was a smoker and, and she would not have a gun under her seat. Would she chunk the cigarette butt out the window? No, she would not. She carried a um, an ashtray in her purse. Hold on. Yes. I've never heard of this. It, it was a like a soft pack, uh, and you could open it up almost like a coin purse and stick the butts. You know, what was it made little, out of? Well, it was made of cloth, and there was a little metal part inside where you could kind of put your put your butt out. You know, put right, the cigarette right, right. out on the metal part, and then just throw the and then close that up like a coin purse, and then she could empty out when she got home later. Probably very nineteen fifties. I know, and we need to bring it back. <laughs> That's one of those inventions that needs to be reinvented. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number eight. Don't be afraid to look internally either. Oh, how I'm rude? You don't do anything rude? Probably. Um, I don't like when I talk to somebody and they don't look at me in the face while I'm talking. I think that's rude. If you're having a conversation with somebody and they're not looking at you, I feel like you're just talking to the wall. <laughs> that is rude. Or if you're talking to somebody and they pick up their phone and they start messing with their phone. Oh, wow. That should be its own because that's completely different. Okay. Well, that means- Is that that's your number num- one? That's number seven then. Oh, that, okay. Number seven is grabbing your phone. So anyway, yeah, you're talking, uh-huh, uh-huh, and right to the phone. <laughs> God, how often does that happen in today's world? I mean, I understand if there's an emergency or something, but right in the middle of conversation, I'm with What you. if you were just talking to me and you were having a very serious conversation with me and I just- Picked up my phone and I opened the photo, the camera, and I just took a selfie. And then I just like sent it out uh, see, on that's Instagram. that's a whole different one also. <laughs> you just named three. Don't look me in the eye when I'm speaking to you. You look at your phone when we're having a conversation <laughs> and you take a selfie of yourself. So that's like eight, seven, seven and six. six. Okay. And why one of those isn't number one, I'll never know. <laughs> 
I know. I'm trying to think. That's a good bit, though. (laughs) Shauna, that's a good bit. And I want you to do it. When people are having a conversation with you, you selfie it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm in my therapy session, right, with my doctor, my psychologist, and I'm telling him and we're talking through and he's going to give me some tools to use to work out, right? Mm -hmm. Always. So he's... So that's when he's starting to tell me some ways that I can help my whatever issue is. I pick up my phone, I take a selfie, and I like Instagram it out. What would he do? Would he be like, get out? It's a social experiment. (laughs) I can't answer that, but you have to do it. It has to be just that right moment where it's not just surface conversation. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit deeper than normal. Mm And a really intense, not, not, almost... Not over-the-top intense, though. Just not surface. Like, okay, Shauna, I'm going to give you some the key to unlock the door of this issue that you're having. Okay, ready? And I'm like, hold on. No, don't. you don't say anything. You can't say anything. Just grab your phone and just and you just kind of nod at them. Like, okay, yeah, like just I'm ready. Going. Oh, and he thinks I'm going to take some notes on my phone. Or something, and yes. I, and instead I'm like... Just, you just keep nodding and then you selfie it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay. You have to do it five times and I have to do it five times. And you have to record the response of the person. <laughs> that is so funny. I'm trying to think what I would do if somebody did that. You would go, no, this is you. Cause I know you'd go, I'm sorry. Am I boring you? No, I would look. I think I would look around like I was like on camera, like you'd be looking for, camera. You'd be like, looking for Ashton Kutcher to see if you're being punked. What, and I'd be like, "What just happened? Did you just take a selfie?" <laughs> I can't wait. Five times in the next few days. Five times, okay. I don't care if it's a client meeting. I don't care. Well, Jeff's in the room, so he. You can't do it with him. He's he's in on the bit. But your daughters, <laughs> Jeff, oh. would be like. Well, that was weird. That's, that would be Jeff's response. <laughs> Jeff's like Harley's doctor. Well, that was weird. <laughs> All right, number five. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow when I take Harley to the doctor for her re- Her follow-up. <laughs> her follow-up, that's awesome. Well, um, we got some weird news back. Okay, uh-huh. Yeah. Snap, snap. <laughs> and what would Harley do in that situation? So funny. She would go, Mom... <laughs> it's funny because i'm like a 49 year old grandmother no it it's funny no matter what do it i'm so excited about this and then you can let them in on the bit yes sorry this was a social experiment and your reaction was what right what i was going for and then i'm gonna post those selfies later on (laughs) that i took (laughs) We just had another camera shooting over my shoulder while oh, I'm doing gosh. this. Selfie. So great. Number five. What can people do that are rude? I notice in today's world that people are spatially unaware of their surroundings. So say I'm at Target and I'm, you know, going down an aisle with a cart. A, a person will just plow right past me and cut me off and or they're not or they're standing right in the middle of somewhere and I'm like pardon me pardon me and they just they don't they have me blocked out because they're looking at their phone or whatever it's I just noticed that people aren't really aware of their surroundings and I found that find that rude that you're inconsiderate of other people in a public place that they may need to get by or that whatever conversation you're having on your phone right now or whatever you're on your Facebook 
and you're blocking everything. No one can get by. I find that rude. If I'm at the store and I need to go to my phone, whether it's got my grocery list on there or I need to reply to a text message or take a selfie, (laughs) where do I need to go? Kind of just out of the way. Maybe stand off to the side. But it seems like, and I agree, standing in the middle of the aisle is ridiculous. But it seems like if I move over to the right, maybe right in front of the pasta, it seems like that's where that person is going. It's Mm -hmm. like pulling into somebody's driveway to get out of their way and, oh, that's my driveway. driveway. (laughs) So it's kind of this weird catch-22 of where exactly do you go. They should have like zones in Mm -hmm. the grocery store that you can like pull in with your cart and you're like (laughs) looking at your phone and then you can like pull out. Five-minute parking. Yeah. Yeah. Temporary parking. I've been guilty of that, especially if I'm in a grocery store I'm not familiar with. So I'll stop in the middle Mm -hmm. and... Gosh, the H-E-B in Granbury, Texas do not mess with those people. They need to have a zone because it's like cart rage. Oh, wow. It's bad. Hmm. You know who has really, really, really bad social awareness? I mean, um, spatial awareness? Who? My children. Well, they're also young. Eileen could care less couldn't, about your personal couldn't bubble. Couldn't care less. What'd I say? Well, if you could care less, then you could care less. If she couldn't care less, then that's as much. She's, she cares to the end. So the phrase is couldn't care less. Okay, if number four on your list isn't people correcting <laughs> your grammar, then it should be. You find that rude that I correct you? I, you know what? And I correct Jeff a lot, and I tell him this. He'll say, why do you correct me? And I, I say, because you are a business person. You are a business You've person. You've already told me this. And, okay, I'm telling the people again. They don't care. And if you're going to be in public, presenting yourself as a serious person you have to sound intelligent. Shauna. Yes, sir. I try to keep this non-political on this show. Okay. But I need to say something real quick. Have you not heard the president of our United States of America speak? Yes. And I'm just not picking on him. I'm talking about past presidents also. Mm-hmm. They are the leader of the free world. Mm-hmm. And they say things mm-hmm. inappropriately. Incorrectly or inappropriately? Uh, both. Uh-huh. You just corrected me again on my point. <laughs> Sorry. That is probably the thing I do the most that annoys people. Mm, it is. Because I guess sometimes it's appropriate to... Well, wouldn't you say valedictorian? I don't want yeah, no, you to embarrass no, I get, yourself. No, I get that one. I thought we were never going to talk about that again. <laughs> yeah, that one makes sense. But the could and couldn't... Nobody I'm cares. sorry. It just automatically comes out of my mouth. Okay, well, it shouldn't. Maybe filter, I don't know, maybe a dryer sheet. If we put a dryer sheet over your mouth and it just caught all of that, I don't know. Okay. Spatial awareness. Spatial awareness, number five. Number four. What do I find rude? I could probably think of a million after we stop the segment. Bodily functions in public, um, clipping your fingernails on an airplane. Those kinds of things. Not being aware of your surroundings on an airplane and doing things like eating you know, an egg salad sandwich or clipping your nails or taking off your socks, shoes and socks. Um, Why is that not acceptable? I mean, you're going to be on the fly for two and a half, three hours. Let's get comfy. Okay. I Okay. And I'm totally down for that. If you were to remove your dress shoes because you've been, you're a businessman, you've been walking around all day having meetings and you get on a flight and you just want to get home and your feet are starting to throb. Um, I think it's okay if you had a pair of, comfortable shoes maybe some crocs or 
tennies crocs yeah and in your in your carry-on bag and you take off the uncomfortable dress shoe same with women in heels and you put on a comfier pair of shoes what if i don't have another pair of shoes i just want to kick off the boots and just let the old dogs breathe i don't find that acceptable what about pants i prefer people wear their pants (laughs) on an airplane i mean just really get comfy i will say this about air travel it has gotten very cozy i have seriously thought that people just roll out of bed you've talked about this before oh god it's just weird to me anyway put on some proper clothes to go on an airplane do you find that rude no i just find it odd and not rude just like have some self-respect okay okay anyway so number four is Anything that you would do normally behind closed doors. Don't do on an airplane. Don't do on an airplane. Where I'm Good. locked in a box with you. Okay. Number three. <sighs> Ugh. Not changing out the toilet paper roll. So rude. It's terribly now, rude. Now, in that same conversation is the paper towel roll. It doesn't. It's not as bad as the toilet paper. Because when you have to wipe your hiney hole. Or just your bottom or your, you know, tea area. Then... You look over and there's no toilet paper and even more aggressive and offensive is if the new toilet paper roll is just sitting on the old. So rude. It's so rude. You don't have two seconds to change that thing out and make sure you put it on there the right way. It comes off the top. It doesn't roll out down the back. Do you know how many people, public places and people's homes, I change out the toilet paper roll and put it on there the right way? Some people would find that rude. But listen, would you rather not change it out at all, set it on fire, the top, (laughs) or do it rolling the wrong way? I have to pick one. Yes, you have to pick one. I would rather it be on there the wrong way because at least the person tried. Okay. Is this an issue in your house? Is this an issue with Jeff? No, 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 no. Oh, because you've trained him. Oh, no, he's, oh gosh. But every time I go to my mom's house, cutie pie, I I have to turn hers the right way. It's on there wrong. It's it doesn't roll down the back. That's not a normal. You go like this, da, 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 and it comes off the front. Shout out, Deb. I know she's so cute. Number two. Rude. Let's see. She's getting on a roll now. I get offended by if my kids are disrespectful to me. I get very nothing rarely offends me. I rarely get mad, but my kids showing disrespect I find very rude, and it makes me want to like punch them i can't wait for your number one do you know what your number one is no i have no idea okay that has to be your number one and not just your children how about anyone who is disrespectful to you Mm -hmm. it's very rude uh yes but i totally agree hardly anything offends me i try to show people grace because i don't know what kind of day they're having uh they could have just been delivered some bad news they could have gotten in a fight with their spouse or a loved one they could be going through through some personal tragedy so if somebody is short with me or cuts me off in traffic or is unpleasant i i do show a lot of grace because i don't know their what's going on i give them a pass but i know what my children are going through and i know what they're thinking and so Mm. They got it pretty good, so they don't need to be... Rude. Disrespectful. (laughs) Oh. Okay. Number one. I think it's rude if I'm talking to you. You. The general you, not you, you. Not Drew, you. Thank you. But if I'm talking to a person 
and I'm saying something and they cut in and say, da, 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 da. And that's not even where I was going with it. This is what I say. No, please stop and listen. I'm in the middle of telling you and that is not at all what I was saying. Can I please finish? I have a couple of really close friends who will jump in, be louder than me and, you know, like talk over me and then say, right, right, right. Because da, da, da. I'll go, no, listen, that's not Mm. what I'm saying. Oh, she's all worked up now. No, I I find that very rude. So I do say that. I go, no, listen to me. That's not what I was saying. That's not at all what I was saying. Let me finish. And at this point, give you the opportunity to give those people a shout out. That will not. Because I adore them, but they do that. Now, some things that you didn't bring up. Okay. Tardiness. Oh, if somebody's late, well, that's a given. If someone doesn't return phone calls or text messages. Mm, I'm guilty of that, so I can't really like point. Can you not? If you recognize it as being rude, you can. Then I'm calling myself rude. Okay. All right, I'm rude. Yeah, it's rude. And I, I'm trying to be better about it. That's why I tell people, and I don't always um, RSVP, and I always, and I go, oh, yeah. yeah but, but I tell people, please stop inviting me to things. I don't want to come. Yeah, not RSVPing is rude. I know. I'm guilty of that a lot. Just think about when you have a party. I know. And you're like, so and so and so and so showed up and I didn't know they were coming or so and so said they were coming and they didn't show up. It's yes, and I only really need people to RSVP if I'm having to give somebody a count for food. Right. I want to make sure I have enough. Right. Right. Not just so you know mm-hmm. who's coming, mm-hmm. how many gifts to expect. Yes. Probably my biggest rude thing has to do with calling or texting. Mhm. I don't normally just call people to shoot the shit. Yeah. So if I'm calling you... You need to answer the phone. It's it's probably important. Mm-hmm. It's poignant. I'm not going to keep you on the phone for 30 minutes. Yes. I mean, I guess I have a few friends. It's like that when we catch up. Yep. But on a day-to-day basis, I don't care if you're a singer-songwriter or a radio promoter or a family member, you need to answer the damn phone. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, I know if you decline the call. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't decline the call. Liar. So that's my biggest deal. People, stop being rude. That's right. You're listening to Defining Audacity with Drew and Shauna. Broadcasting from Blue Haven Pool, Shauna Glenn Design, Fort Worth, Texas. Appreciate you tuning in. Coming up, we're going to talk about Loving What Is, a book that Shauna let me borrow. And I'm going to play an excerpt from my live audience show with Miss Courtney Patton. We'll be right back. Find what you're looking for at Cheerful Heart. Trying to find the perfect gift is sometimes like trying to find a four-leaf clover. But at Cheerful Heart, they have something for every occasion. Cheerful Heart has all the latest fashions for women, children, and tweens, plus a large variety of gourmet items, home decor, bath and body products, and so much more. Stop in and let them help you find what you're looking for. Cheerful Heart, located in Granbury, Glen Rose, and Meridian. You'll find what you're looking for at Cheerful Heart. Meet the gang in Granberry at Local Goat Distillery. Pure, stout, and Texas-born. Local Goat Vodka is column distilled whey from Belthausen Farmstead that's been cold-filtered in coconut carbon to 80-proof perfection. 
Blend rich molasses and raw turbinado sugar and take an exceptionally smooth stroll with local goat silver rum or for a uniquely spicy Texas blend. Saddle up with Texas gin. Buy a bottle or enjoy a handcrafted cocktail on location. Meet the gang at localgoatdistillery.com. Get busy living or get busy dying. This is Austin Mead. I couldn't have said it better myself. This is the Defining Audacity Radio Show. Welcome back to the Defining Audacity radio show and podcast. You let me borrow a book. Mm-hmm. You recommended this book. Yes. Tell people why you recommended this book. Um, I think it helps you get out of your own way and turn things back around on yourself. Now, I will admit it has been a number of years since I read it and it helped me get through some things when I was taking things personally or giving people too much power over me. So it was that it was a different time. It was probably a decade ago that I read this book. Okay. I remember exactly when you suggested it. Okay. It was after one of my live audience shows. You were bummed out. I was bummed out. We didn't fill the room and I took it personally. Yes. And you said you that I give people too much power. Mm-hmm. And you said, I've got this book for you. And then you never brought it. And finally you did. And I've read, I don't know, not a ton of pages, 60 something pages. And I'll keep reading it. It's called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. Byron is a female. Yes, she is. That's germane to the story. But oh, twice in one episode. You are correct. She coaches you up on how to own it Mm -hmm. turn it around back on yourself right she has four questions that help you do this and i just want to go through these real quick and then i want to talk to you about this book okay Okay. here are the four questions is it true Mm -hmm. and this mainly has to do with relationships people in your life that do specific things number two can you absolutely know that it's true number three how do you react when you think that thought and number four who would you be without the thought And then you turn it around. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm reading this book and all I can think about while I'm reading this book is you reading this book and rolling your eyes as you're reading it. Because it seems so, it seems like common knowledge is what you're saying. No, it seems kind of, what is the adjective that I'm looking for? By the way, you're not supposed to think about me and what I think about when I'm reading it. You're supposed to be reading it. But you recommended it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is some merit to some of the stuff. Okay. Yes. I, I think my biggest problem is she was, okay, so you print off these questions. I guess there's a website or something. You can print off these questions and you're supposed to think about any situation, any thought, any person that you're struggling with mm-hmm. and then go through this exercise. Mm-hmm. Is it true? Are you absolutely sure it's true? Whatever the question is. I wonder if I were the place I'm in now in my life, you know, like I said, a decade later when, after I read this, I wonder if I would get the same thing out of it that I did. At the time, I needed it. It was helpful. I guess my big deal is who the hell's going to do that? Well, I mean, don't you have your storyboard where people print it off and do the work, work worksheet? I mean, it's the same kind of thing. Kind of, but not really. Because it's not the same thing every time. For example, so if I have a problem with you, mm-hmm. I don't know, something you do, 
I mean, I don't even know what it is. Is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? And you go through this deal. How do you react when you think that thought? Who would you be without the thought? Okay. So I go through and I examine this deal and I get deep on this one deal that you do. Mm-hmm. Done with that. Now I'm going to move over here and it's something that Tanya does. Mm-hmm. Is that true? And then go through it again, the exact same stuff? Mm -hmm. No. I can understand doing it once with that big ticket item. Okay, well then maybe that's all you need it for. Over and over again. I just imagine somebody printing off 25, 30 sheets of these, like this worksheet Mm -hmm. that they do. It's called the work, by the way. And I was like, this would get so old because I get the point. Mm -hmm. You turn it around back on yourself. Mm -hmm. Is it true? Probably not. I got that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's I cannot think of the adjective that I want to use to describe this. It's not hokey. It's, well, here's the thing. It might not be a lot of people in your life. It might be that one person where you have that one struggle and you can't put your finger on what the struggle is or you've created this sort of fight or war between you and another person and it doesn't have to be like, super dramatic and over the top but you you feel like there's something off or you have an issue and maybe it might just be one person I remember in particular there was someone in my life who was constantly belittling me berating me calling me names telling me I was terrible um so that helped me like sort of take away the person's power. And I ended up mailing that book to that person and I mailed it from like a zip code like oh God. 50 miles away so it wouldn't be tra- anonymously. Like, And I just like typed and said, I really think this might help you. It's helped me. So I, I did it from a place of two things. I really wanted this person to change because it's like if somebody is that dead set on attacking another person that is not about that person it's about the person doing the attacking right and um so i'm like that person is in a lot of pain and then the second one was i was being super passive aggressive obviously (laughs) anyway it's 319 pages you think it's 300 pages too long probably yeah okay yes it's about changing your perspective on things. It's about owning things. It's back on you. I get that. And I'm intrigued. Again, I've read 60-something pages. With the other 275 pages well, say. Yeah, but if it's if you're not feeling it and it's not reaching you on some level and it's not speaking to you, then move on. I will say this. I do think of things differently because of things that she wrote in here. But I'm not printing out a sheet of paper and I'm not never, writing it down. I never down. did that. I never did that. I did it. It was more of a, a, a mental thing. It was more of a get up every day and sort of instead of going, well, this person did this to me and, you know, feeling like the victim. I just I just was like, you know what? Screw that. This person's got zero power over my day. And there's so many other things. But we I say this all the time. We just get dragged down in the muck by other people's shit that they put on us and we don't need it are there things that happen in our day-to-day life that we do need to get upset about that do need to bother us mm-hmm. or do we need to 
whatever it is, apply these four things, turn it back on ourselves and just let it go. See, that seems kind of passive to me also. Well, here's my thing. And this is kind of what I've gotten out of all the years of therapy and things like that. Sometimes you just have to imagine yourself standing in the ocean and how you can't control the waves or how the waves knock you down. And we, we fight. We fight the ocean waves. When we're in there, we struggle to stand up or make it back to shore or go farther out. And, the, you know, the waves push us back. So I have learned this process and this practice of imagining myself standing in the ocean and just letting the waves do what they do come over me, wash over me and, and move away. Instead of fighting, I just let them, I just let them happen to me. And then that seems to get me past that whole, okay, this isn't so bad because a wave, a big wave, especially coming toward you, it's very scary. And you know what's going to happen if it's going to drag you under, if you're going to hit your, you know, you're going to land on a coral reef and hurt yourself. If you're going to drown, if you're not going to be able to find which way is up and you're going to get confused so that's a that's a fear and i and i relate that to my life is this thing that i've imagined is so huge is it going to is it going to be the thing that that undoes me or do i just let it happen and go oh okay i'm not a huge fan of dr phil but something that he said a long long time ago i found myself adopting and he said if you think there's this thing and you have this fear he says, play it all the way to the end. Say you get in a big fight with your boss and your job is on the line and you're, the boss is threatening to fire you over this thing that, that happened. You screwed up an account or you, you know, whatever. And so then you do let, lose your job. Dr. Phil says, so play that out to the end. It takes the, when you go, okay, I'll lose my job. So I'm going to be off work. So then I'm gonna have to do this. And he says, just keep going, play it out. What happens at the very end? So I take those little nuggets of Byron Katie and the book, The Four Agreements. I don't know if you've ever read I've The read Four. It. Okay. Mm-hmm. I read that book once a year just to, just to make sure that I'm remembering. Okay. And then you take pieces of each one of those and yeah. you kind of yes. and then that's put it why, together. That's why, you know, people say to me, you don't really get, you don't really get upset. You don't hold on to things. You might get, uh, it takes a lot to make you mad, but then even when you get mad, you let it go. It's because I've done a lot of this work and the world is less scary and the world feels less against me when I do this. You know, I, I quit playing the victim and I quit giving people power over me for goodness sake. You know, I control me. I can't control anybody else, but, and I can control how people, what they do or say affects me. And that's empowering. And I like that. One of the examples that they gave in there was about picking up socks and how they would get so upset when their kids and or spouse would not pick up their socks. And then they went through the thing. And then what they decided was, and I can't remember if it was the author or they share stories in there of other people. Yep. She's yeah. She shares stories of her examples. Mm -hmm. And then they stopped making a big deal about it. They started picking up the socks And then their family, kids, wife, whatever, started to pay attention. And then the socks started to get picked up. I have trouble with that. Mm -hmm. My dad has always said, if it's that big a deal, just do the dishes yourself. If you want something picked up, just pick it up. I struggle with that. I think what he's, I think the general idea around that is lead by example. You do it, then they start mimicking you. I guess maybe that's my problem because I do lead by example. Mm Mm-hmm. But there are sometimes I can't do it mm-hmm. or hell, I don't want to do it and it doesn't get done. Yep. And I get, and I get pissed off about it. 
with my kids specifically, I feel like that I have to say something to break that cycle. If I don't break it, they're not just going to start doing it. And I agree with you on that, too. It's like the kids know what their chores are, and I shouldn't have to remind them over and over and over again because they, in my mind, they should know this. You're not new. This isn't new. I mean, and, and that's Jeff's biggest problem with, you know, well, Ethan hasn't picked up the dog poop yet. And I'm like, well, let me remind him. And he's like, how many times do we have to remind him that that's his job? You know, or Harley unloads a dishwasher. The dishes are clean, Shauna, you know, and Harley hasn't unloaded them. So, yeah, when does that kind of thing stop? Because it could backfire on you where you just start doing it. And then the kids go, oh, I guess mom, mom, dad that got it worked. covered. That yeah. worked. Yeah. So I think their point in this book is to not just let it eat you up. Mm-hmm. And I don't let it eat me up. But if it bothers me. I'm going to say something. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to dwell on it for days and days, not even hours. So- I, sh- I struggle with I struggle with that. I struggle with a couple of times I've noticed this. If I'm unloading groceries from the car, when I used to go to the grocery store, and I would be lo- coming in and Jeff would be standing in the kitchen or whatever, and in my mind, he should just know to come and help me. Right. And so I get irritated as I'm unloading, when all I have to do is speak up and say, would you help me? He can't read my mind. He doesn't know how many trips back and forth. I'm gonna, and so that's on me to not speak up and say, I need help. And so, I, st- I mean, I still am victim in that way. Victim-y. <laughs> yeah. Good word. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you recommending the book. I'm going to try to read the rest of it without thinking of you reading it. Okay. I just imagined you taking deep sighs and rolling your eyes being like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to do this. This is common sense. I'm not going to do it. Right. Yeah. Like I said, at the time, it, it, it was very helpful. And it was just one of the tools in my toolbox at the time that I had to adopt to change me and not change, try to change other people. And, and that's what I think people make the mistake of. It's not it's not, it's not me. It has to be all these other people. Well, really, turn it around on yourself. It is you. Right. So anyway, that's our deep, 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 deep dish discussion yes. today. But Un- I think undefining it's, audacity. and maybe it'll help somebody. If you've never been to therapy and both of us have, they don't fix you, quote unquote, fix you. They give you the tools mm-hmm. to deal with the world. Yes. To deal with your situation, to deal with your hangups. And that's all this book is. It's just, like you said, is... It gives you a different perspective. Putting tools in your toolbox. Yes. And then we all need them. We all need them. It does give you a different perspective because that's what she's putting in of son. You need to look at things differently. I can run through her little checklist. I don't need to print any papers off. I can run through it pretty quick. Is it true? No. 99% of the time, no, it's not true. Can I absolutely know that it's true? No. The answer to that one's a no also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't print off any and, and do it like that. I just, I kind of did a mental thing, you know. How do I react when I think that thought? It usually pisses me off. Mm-hmm. If, I'm up, if I'm going through this checklist, I'm pissed. Who would I be without the thought? I guess I would be a better person and then turn it around. Not always easy. Not always easy. Gosh, I, I wish I could remember some of the examples that she gave when they people turned it around back on mm-hmm. themselves. One of them that makes sense is, Paul should be kind to me. And then you turn it around, it's, I should be kind to myself. I actually like that one. Mm-hmm. 
But there's some other ones in there. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not turning that around on anybody. That's on them. (laughs) (laughs) That son of a bitch. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. I can't can't remember what it was, but it was one of her therapy session testimonials. I was like, oh, hell no. Mm -hmm. So we've given some nuggets. Yes. Stand in the ocean, let it just wash over you, go through it, whatever the feeling is, let let it affect you. It's okay to feel sad and mad and angry and victimized, and but then just as quickly as it comes, let that go. Read The Four Agreements. I highly recommend that book. That's very easy and very thin. I read it once a year because I just got to check myself. Maybe I need to revisit that. It's so helpful, and it's so thin. You can read it in an hour, the whole thing. That's book report <laughs> on defining audacity with How Drew and How many people are asleep right now, do you oh, think? Oh, they're like, oh, gosh. They tuned out. They're like, please get to that Courtney Patton excerpt. I know. Well, we're just trying to help everyone. We can't always talk about poop. It's impossible. I've tried. Trust <laughs> me, I've tried. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. When we come back, we are going to play an excerpt from my live audience show. When I sat down with Miss Courtney Patton, we'll set that up. And to get out of here today, Shauna has some nuggets to share. Just a few little follow-ups on some things I've put out there. Happy Wednesday. This is Defining Audacity with Drew and Shauna. We'll be right back. I don't want things to happen accidentally. I want things to happen on purpose. We couldn't have said it better ourselves. You're listening to the Defining Audacity radio show. Live on purpose. Welcome back to Defining Audacity with Shauna and Drew. Right now I'm going to play an excerpt from my live audience show when I sat down with Miss Courtney Patton. This is the last show in our spring season. And just a reminder, we are going to restart these live audience shows the second Sunday of every month. June will be our first one with Zane Williams. Then we'll go July with Zach Wilkerson and in August with Jason Eady. Really excited about starting this up going month to month instead of every single week. But this interview with Courtney Patton was the best show, in my opinion, that we've ever done because she got very real. Courtney and I have a really cool rapport. And what I'm about to play for you guys, we focus on story and I wanted to focus on Courtney's past. So I asked her a series of questions from my eight-week challenge journal, Storyboard. And then we talked about her sister who passed away 16 years ago. Turned into a very powerful conversation. And then Courtney actually sings her song, 14 Years. And we're going to play that on the podcast as well. We don't play a lot of music on the podcast itself, but we are going to play that song today. Very, very powerful song. Now, one thing I want to say before I play this excerpt. After the show, after everybody had left the new Granberry Live, Courtney looks at me and she goes, I told you some things today about my sister that I don't normally tell people. And I said, I've got to ask you, Courtney, why? Why why did you open up to me? And she said, I don't know. It just feels right. I just feel comfortable enough with you to do that. And the funny thing about that, the ironic part about that, we had 100 plus people sitting in front of us, but she felt comfortable enough to share a very tragic moment from her life when her sister's life was taken way way too early Mm. so crazy so hope you enjoyed this conversation courtney Patton on the road less traveled presented by mike brown ford we'll be back in just a few minutes to tie everything up with a nice red ribbon on this wednesday all right let's focus on the the past okay this is from a eight-week challenge journal that i wrote it's called storyboard i put one in your gift bag and this just breaks it down eight weeks of just focusing on stuff. And this is week number two, and you're supposed to complete these sentences, okay? When is the last time I blank? 
I've never done this on a show, so I'm excited to do it with you. And don't have to go into detail. Just say the last time you did it, okay? Courtney Patton, when is the last time you watched a sunrise? It was one of the days that I was sick this week. Okay. <laughs> so recent. I did not want to watch the sunrise, but we were jet lagged, and I was awake, and I walked... Uh, it's probably, I don't know if this is something you're going to ask me, because it was, I think, on my list that I wanted to buy a home. Yeah. We bought a home. I know you did. Yeah. A year ago, uh, like this month. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really cool. 1920s Craftsman. Uh, it's my dream house, really. But we, we have the most beautiful home. And I walked out of our bedroom into the bathroom, and as I was coming back through, there's a, a big landing upstairs, and there's some lace curtains that the previous owners left. Just, you know, nothing fancy. Like Walmart lace, but it's lace, you know, works. And the sun was coming up behind the neighbor's house. And I, Jason was awake too. And I was like, babe, look at that sun. And it was like a really good moment. Like, good to be home. Wish I was asleep. Glad I saw the sunrise. Wish my stomach didn't hurt. Kind of, you know, like. Gotcha. That was the silver lining was the, the, sunrise. the sunrise. Yeah, so I did it. I saw one this week. Courtney Patton, when's the last time you sent a thank you note? ago we had a house concert uh at the house and um we ha had invited some people to come in and sit in the home and watch and so i sent out some thank you notes to uh some of them and also to the people that um they purchased uh on concert window you can set up things like bonus incentives if you tip this much you get this and so we sold some autographed wine bottles and corks and so i wrote some notes cool. and, and so, yeah that's so, awesome a few weeks ago Courtney Patton, when's the last time you went to the movies? I feel like we just did that not long ago with the kids. It was in Stephenville. Jace, do you remember? Were you there? Oh, okay. No. No. And I did go, and I have to remember what movie it was. But I went okay. with my kids okay. in Stephenville okay. at the Cinemark 6. Okay. Yeah. When's the last time you called your best friend? Two weeks ago. Too long. But I was in Morocco, and then I came home and was sick. So it was before I left on my trip. Okay. Yep. When's the last time you slept naked? <laughs> last night. Perfect. I don't, I don't pack pajamas. Let's just go ahead and throw that out there. Perfect. I sweat no. a lot. It's not sexy. It's not a thing. I'm going through the change early, maybe. I have the hot flashes. It's just too much. It's too much, you know what I mean? Like, let's just I'll go ahead and eliminate the layers that I have to take off when I sweat. Yeah. You're, all the women are clapping because they know. All the women are clapping because they know. It is too much. You could have just left it at no. last night. And everybody like, I told you I'm an oversharer. You ask me, I tell you. Y'all, it is just, it's, a, it's rough. I'm not even 40 yet. When's the last time you went to a concert? Last night, because I played one. No, no, you went to... James Taylor, okay. February 7th. Bonnie Raitt opening. Yeah. Very cool. When's the last time you ate an ice cream cone? Does a blizzard count? I'll, I'll let it count. The day my stomach started feeling better, I looked at Jason, I said, we're going to Dairy Queen. And so we went <laughs> to Dairy Queen, and we made him tough it over and do the thing, you know? What kind do you get, just out of curiosity? Um, I got the... It was the special of the month. It was like a whole mixture of, like, Fudge and M&Ms and things, and Jason got a plain M&M one, right? Ate at a restaurant by yourself. Yesterday. Nice. Gave a stranger a compliment. Probably two days. I, I'm very good at that. Okay, I can see yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah, 
I do that. I tell people I like their hair or their clothes or whatever because I want them to do the same thing to me. I mean, I enjoy it when, not them. That's not what I meant. I enjoy it when people do that to me. It treat others how you would like to be treated. And some people get overwhelmed by my like forwardness, but some people do the same thing. And I'm like, that was really sweet. And it makes my day. So I always think I would say this to them if I knew them. So I'm going to say it anyway. I love that haircut on you. Thank you. You know, like it just, and they, it changes people's personalities if you're nice to them. So. I totally agree. It's on my to-do list every single day to do one thing that scares the hell out of me and to make somebody's day. And that's a great way mm -hmm. to do it is to give them a compliment. You know yeah, who does yeah. it? My daughter. And it makes me so darn proud. She's 12 years old and I watch her go to strangers and give them compliments. And that's I'm cool. just like, I know where she learned that from. And it makes me so proud, you know? Jason, who'd she learn it from? She learned it from Jason. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Two more. Okay. Courtney Patton, when's the last time you laughed until you cried? Well, I was just laughing backstage with my mother-in-law and got some tears in my eyes, so today. Okay, good. Yeah. I love it. And lastly, Courtney Patton, when's the last time you did something that scared the hell out of you? Today. That, that little wig thing. Okay, nice. Yeah. You owned that, girl. Yeah, I was terrified. That really, was... like shaking more than I was to play guitar. Like, this is nothing. That, that is, and I don't know why, but that is like, I want, always wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. That was kind of my, I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. And so skit stuff was funny. And then when you asked me a story, I was like, didn't think through a story. Don't know where the story is. What do I do? I was terrified. But you did great. Oh, thanks. Did I do, did I do a good job? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went with it. I was worried you are going to be like, Courtney, what are you doing? I was like, I'm not Courtney. I'm not Courtney. Be cool. <laughs> Courtney's back there. We, we kind of talked about it, but let's just be radically honest with people. I go backstage and say, hey, do you have any questions? We're, we're about to start this thing. She goes, I'm going to come on stage, but it's not going to be me. And just go with it. And then I'm going to come, the real Courtney Patton's going to come on stage. And I was like, yes, let's ride. This is <laughs> going to be no awesome. Idea. No yeah. idea. That is the truth. I had no idea. So I'm glad I did yeah. well. Yeah. And I tried, to, I tried to break you. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I like the llama thing. Man, Jamie Lynn really does have a llama that her father-in-law named Como Say yama. Llama because, yeah, it's Yama, right? It's hilarious. And they're in South Texas, so it's really funny. But she hates that llama. Hates it. And I really did see a llama in Tom Green County when we were driving back home from San Angelo today. He was there yesterday. He was there today, and he was just sitting there mad. And I just thought, you are. Llamas are just mad all the time. Because they're like, I sit here to grow this hair, you're going to shave me, you're going to make blankets out of it, and I'm going to just spit on things and kick coyotes, I guess. Don't they protect, oh, they eat snakes or something? Or I don't know what they do, but they're mean. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, I would like to you put your hands together if you are excited about the Courtney Patton podcast, which is hard to say. The syndicated podcast of Courtney Patton, produced by Drew Myers. I'm just going to put a microphone in front of you, and you're just going to talk about llamas and stuff. I really want to write a book. I've written a book in my head many, many times, and I think I'm like, some of my life anecdotes are pretty darn funny. We talk, Jason and I like watching comedy specials a lot, and so we always pick apart what their thing is. There's the guy who only does... He sets up every joke so he can do his voices, right? Well, I don't do voices. I do a few voices. My mom, my dad, my father-in-law. Um, not Frank, but Pop Pop. He's from Mississippi. And I like to think that. Hold on, I'm going to go into it. <laughs> how, my gran how my grandchildren doing? How's everybody down there in Steamville? How's Granny? <laughs> He's from Mississippi. Well, how I miss you. I love you. 
But Jason's like, you sound like you sound like a black man. And I was like, well, he's from Mississippi. I mean, it's a southern, it's a southern accent. But he goes, your dad, my dad, and a black man combined, they kind of all sound the same. I was like, man, I really thought I had it down. You know, I was like really excited. And then his wife was like, that's not what he sounds like. So that kind of put a, a little chink in my armor, you know. I was a little sad about that one. I'm pretty good at my dad. Uh, Do it. No, I don't know. He put me on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> Gordon. That's all I can do, really, is just how he says my name. Do it again. No, I can't. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Where were we? I'm getting, I digress. I don't even know what we're talking about. We're talking about your past. Yeah, we're talking about my past, though. This, I'm getting off on a tangent here. That's what I do. No, I said, do you guys want to have a Courtney Patton podcast? Oh, right. Put a microphone in front of me. Right. Yeah. But yes. see, that's what happens is I start telling stories, and the next thing perfect. you know, we are way out. On my radio show, we call it Wheels Off. Well, yes, it's perfect. Welcome to my life. The, in the, a day in the life of my brain, Wheels Off with Courtney Patton. That should be the name of the show. And there it is. Yeah. <laughs> she thinks I'm kidding. I will send her a text message tomorrow and be like, here it is, my proposal for you. One thing I do need to talk about, kind of serious thing about your past. Can we talk about your sister real sure. quick? Yeah. And then I want you to play 14 years. Okay. Um, when you came in studio, um, we talked about this, and I have a confession for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know your sister's name, Courtney. Jennifer. Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Briefly share Jennifer's story real quick and how this song came about, because this is part of your story. Uh, so... I'm the oldest of three, and uh, my sister and I are 16 months apart. And I was just starting my junior year of college, and she was starting her freshman year of college, and decided to stay in Weatherford. She's a manager of the subway. Sorry, I'm tuning my guitar too. Um, she was a manager of the subway on Santa Fe and had a terrible boyfriend that none of us liked. And that's actually why she stayed in Weatherford because he was still in high school. And she moved out of my parents' house um, because my mom said, we don't want him in the house. And so she took her own money and got her apartment. She was so proud of it. And um, I went over to see it. It was on my mom's birthday. Um, She passed away a week, exactly a week after my mom's birthday. And so I was living in Stephenville and Jennifer was getting off work, and I came to town. I said, I'm going to Whataburger to pick up lunch for all of us. What do you want? And so she got off work. We all met, had a really great lunch, and then I followed her to her apartment. And she took me in, and I got to see it. And she was, you know, it's your first apartment. Nothing matches. It is what it is. But she was so excited about it. And I had given her this candle, uh, and it was it was like a cutout candle. You put a tea light in, and it was just two little cutouts of sisters holding hands. And there was like a heart in the middle, and it said sisters on it. And so my song is very, very specific to my last time seeing her. And I don't know that I've ever really gone into detail about that, but it's, it's me being in her apartment and the last time that I touched her and hugged her. And for some reason, we talked and I hugged her and I left and I, I shut the door and started walking away. I went back in and hugged her again. And I said, I'm so proud of you. This last time I saw her. And so um, she died a week later in a car accident and um, it's a drunk driving accident. And her boyfriend was, they were all, there were four teenagers and they were all drunk. And um, she was the only one that died. And I never looked at her truck. I never uh, 
saw her body. I didn't need to see that. I had that last memory of her. And I knew that the way that it happened, she wouldn't look the same. And my parents went hard and said, don't do it. And um, I would have nightmares of her. One of the boys in the truck told, told us that um, she screamed stop were her last words because her boyfriend was driving way too fast. And that made me so sad that her last words were trying to get him to stop. But that he could see her hand and he tried to pull her out and nothing was happening. And so I would close my eyes at night. All I could see where her hand was that her hand. Um, so it took a long time to process that. And I was the oldest and I had a brother in high school and I had two parents that were grieving completely differently. My dad shut down and my mom did too. But I was like, you have a kid at home and you have another kid in college and we need you. Like, we've got to figure this out. You know, like we had to help each other and... I kind of had to be the, we're going to have Christmas. I'll put up the tree. I will cook. What do I need to do just so that life could go on? Because it never does. It never gets better. It's just you figure out a way to go move around the hole, you know? And so, anyway, I was playing a show in Weatherford um, on the 14th anniversary the last time I saw her. And I was like a block away from her apartment. So I drove by it and I made myself drive by. Uh, her accident was on that same road. Everything was just right there, linear. And by the time I got home, I had like eight voice memos and I'd written the song. And I really believe that she helped me write it that night because I didn't do anything other than just sing and cry into my phone. Um, yeah, so it, I think sometimes the best songs write themselves and I think that that's what happened with this one. So, yeah. I appreciate your transparency Thanks. and being honest. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's the most I've ever talked about that, I think. Thank you. Yeah. Really do appreciate it. Courtney Patton, 14 years. On the road less traveled. Fourteen years. Where has the time gone? It seems like yesterday we were standing in your living room holding on. You and your freckles You and your auburn hair You and your brand new apartment So proud both of us standing there and I saw the candle sitting on your nightstand The purple one I gave you And two sisters holding hands Just like you 
Less Traveled, presented by Mike Brown Ford. Live like we're telling the best story in the world. I'm Rob Redwine, and I couldn't have said it better myself. You're listening to the Defining Audacity radio show. Live on purpose. Welcome back to Defining Audacity with Drew and Shauna. Oh, thank you. I know, you. I said your name first. Mm. Because you said my name first a while ago. I know. Okay. <laughs> thank you for paying attention. So, um... You know, we know the whole saga with me trying to find a van, and I've just been extremely busy and then sidetracked with a girl in the hospital and then everything else, you know, in my life. So um, I had mentioned that it might be wise that somebody come and kidnap me or whatever. So I got this text message yesterday from Brian at Classic Chevrolet GMC Buick of Cleburne. Good afternoon, Shauna. Two questions. How is your daughter? Hopefully all is well. Didn't want to bother you with a van deal with everything else going on. Second, have you found a van yet? Do I need to come kidnap you with a van loaded down with tacos, chips, and salsa? (laughs) Nice play. I said, she's doing much better, thanks. No, I have not found a van yet. Kidnapping is probably the best option to get me to stop for five seconds and do this. I really need to take the time. Please bring tacos. Yes. He says, I will see what I can do to make that happen. There you go. Shout out to <laughs> Brian and Nick and Mike, everybody down at Classic so Chevrolet at GMC. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Love it. Brian and his wife and Nick, all of them, they listen to the show. And just a reminder, we'll be in a Classic Chevrolet Buick GMC vehicle tomorrow. We might have to drive to Granbury to get a pie. Why would we go to Granbury? Was it in Granbury? Glen Rose. Okay, see, they both start with G, and they seem like the same place. Oh, my gosh. So does Grapevine and Garland? No, because I know they're that way. Garland is that way, and Grapevine's that way, and Glen Rose and Granbury. Graceland. (laughs) I mean, we could keep Grapevine. All right, we'll just go to Waco. We could drive to Waco, (laughs) get a pie from Pie Peddlers, and come back. All these people just showing love to you. Tacos and pie. (laughs) Good Lord. Hopefully, we hear from Wade. Yes. Well... And also, I just want to tell the general public, if you see a van pull up and drag me inside, uh, don't call 911. I'm actually 
being taken, not against my will, but there are tacos involved, so please don't call the police before I get to eat This is some kind of weird fetish thing. (laughs) Did you want to be kidnapped? No, I don't. It's just somebody There's tacos inside and oh. Somebody just needs to like force me like, hey, come with us. Or maybe they could just drop off a van and go, here's your van. Sign here. That's what I need them to do. Okay. Sign, sign these papers. Here's your van. I'm like, oh my God, that was so nice. You even put my logo on the outside for me. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Golly. I know. Maybe. Throw it out there in the universe. Maybe it'll happen. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in on this Wednesday. Excited about tomorrow. We'll do a Let's Ride segment. Sean, have a great, awesome Wednesday. Drew, you have a great, Stop. awesome Wednesday. Stop. Start living a bold adventure, and intentional life, and just remember the first and most important step in that process is to embrace your story, the good, the bad, the ugly, past, present, and future. I'm Drew. I'm Shauna. Signing off from Blue Haven Pool, Shauna Glenn Design, Fort Worth, Texas. See Let's ya. ride. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I thought, I was, thought that was funny. Okay, bye. See ya. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Defining Audacity Radio Show. We inspire people to throw a wrench in the status quo and put your goals, dreams, and aspirations in the spotlight. Are you living a bored, joyless, and uninspired life? We'll inspire you to live on purpose. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.